everybody. I'm Casey Forbes. And I'm Sarah Cuvion. And this is Let the Good Crumbs Roll. So I just got back from Bella Vista, Arkansas. Yeah. We went to my cousin's wedding up there and um, we traveled there with four children. <laughs> I just so want to say. Me and Dad, we were wondering if y'all had taken the kids or not. We did. You did. <laughs> Sweet baby Jesus. And you know, baby Cade was perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last hour he got a little bit fussy. How long did it take y'all to get there? Nine hours. Oh, now, on the way back, that's... it took us about six because we were ready to get <laughs> the hell up on out of that car with all these damn kids. But no, so we drove, we drove straight through and it wasn't terrible. Our kids just fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Go figure, as kids will. Yeah, they're all close in age with the exception of Cade. Yeah, so. there's a 12-year-old, a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old old and the 12 year old because it's boy girl boy and the 12 year old likes to aggravate the hell out of everybody (laughs) as boys will do just like it's an an annoying older brother and the eight-year-old is starting to pick up on that so he annoys back Mm -hmm. and it is just constant stop stop you started it he punched me (laughs) and so we don't specifically yell at one child we yell at all of them like knock it off like Mm -hmm. why can't you just get along that was interesting and then so we went to a wedding at the chapel that was absolutely gorgeous it was in the woods right was it, it like an open air kind no of thing? it was closed i don't know what kind really? of uh, glass cleaner they use that girl it was it air was conditioned cl- it was closed i thought it was open too okay, it was gonna be i said no it is glass you were sending pictures and when i saw them i was like oh wow that's really neat to have this like open nope. open air kind of what you walk through this beautiful forest and then you come across this chapel i'm sure there's a lot of dead birds around there from <laughs> flying into it because it was the glass was so clear <laughs> And I just kept thinking like, man, if you got married and it was raining, it'd be gorgeous because, and it was cool. Like it was, the air conditioner was on and, but it was stone. It was just, it was the coolest thing ever. Beautiful spot. And then, um, so the wedding was at 11 and then the reception was at six. You know, I think that's common in other places that like are not here. Well, and (laughs) to have like an earlier, I think that chapel is pretty busy. Because well, it's I just mean, that stunning. Yeah. yeah, it was gorgeous. Yeah, so we went to, we went, so in between, my dad and my husband want to go to a cave. <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm a little claustrophobic, so I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And like I was telling Sarah, we get there, we pay all this money to go, and then I'm informed, um, honey, the stroller is not going to fit in the cave. It's a cave. <laughs> it's a cave. Yeah. Like, they didn't, it, it wasn't like found or created with the intention of pushing a stroller through. Man. So that was my bad. Yet donkeys could walk through, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so they're like, wait, this was carved down specifically for the donkeys. Well, so they let the donkeys, but not your stroller? Right. They told me I couldn't bring my stroller. And uh, so, of course, Cade is about 15 pounds now. Mm-hmm. He's not a lightweight. And then when he falls asleep, he's like dead weight. Yeah. So me and Derek just were like flipping, flopping him back. <laughs> right before the tour, our little tour guide is explaining to us about, you know, the cave has... It's like cinnamon rock, and if you uh, touch it with your skin, it stops the beautiful formations. And so I have all this in my mind, and I go to step down off a step, and I'm looking back, and like, don't drop the baby. (laughs) And I step into a hole. And all I can think is don't touch the sides of the ro- the the walls. So I tuck and curl and roll and fall. <laughs> and it was pitch black. And our little tour guide's oh, like, 
honey, are you okay? <laughs> At you least know, you weren't holding the baby. I know. He was like, you know, the sign in the front, it said we're not responsible for accidents. <laughs> so just watch your footing. So I limped oh, the rest man. of the way through. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, One cool thing is they have one spot that's like in the middle of the cave because there's three different levels and they show movies like the Goonies. Like you can go down what? into the cave and sit and watch movies. They weren't showing them. They do it like in the spring and the fall time. Wow. <laughs> and it was 56 degrees in there which me being a hot nature person you were like loving I was it. like heck yeah <laughs> after I broke my ankle but I'd be like I'm freezing yeah but it was beautiful so congratulations to Cole and Darian and if you get a chance to go to Bella Vista just so you know I'm pretty sure it's a retirement community so because there was like nobody on the roads mm-hmm. after eight o'clock but nine o'clock you better watch out there's fender benders everywhere oh man the old people gonna get their breakfast so <laughs> Um, it was a lot of fun. And the kids did do good. Kate did good. So that's good. Yeah. So now we're recording. Now, you know, we get to come back and talk about the list murders. Yeah. This was a suggestion from a listener. Our New Jersey friend. From our New Jersey friend who, in fact, I don't know if she's from Westfield, New Jersey, or if she's from that area. Um, but from what I could tell, Westfield is absolutely beautiful. It's just this affluent it's my kind of town you know nice. unlike bella vista that <laughs> there were no shops anywhere that's not my own there you oh, know what there was yeah. there was hiking trails now i like a good hiking trail but like once every six months maybe yeah and a lot of bike riders like like bike trails which was oh. right up my brother's alley yeah he's a he's a, he loves that kind of stuff yeah and his family he's like gotten his family used to that kind of stuff too yeah they girls. enjoy doing that as well yeah. so but um you know, maybe if I started doing that, I would be as in, sh- in shape as they are. Because, like, one morning, they, like, we're like, oh, what y'all doing? Well, Cody's out on the canoe. Oh, oh, yeah. I saw he the picture of them on the canoe. The river. Yeah. <laughs> now, I will say, I do love, like, canoeing and kayaking. Really? That's so fun. I've never been. You- well, we're going to go. I'm going to take you. Yeah. I was, that fun. probably would be fun. Yeah, it was a good time, though. But we're back, unfortunately. We're, we're like, the vacation's over. Back to the real world. So depressing. I know. I'm just counting down the day. Our spring break just ended. So I'm like counting down like, the days till summer. summer. I know. I'm boy. tired of waking up at the crack of dawn. Well, that and waking these kids up. Oh, they're just God, like. The worst. Yeah. They're they're not fun to wake up. In. Now I feel bad for my own mother because I know you I was can, a pain to wake you up. You can relate so much. I'm sure your mom hated it too. Your oh, mom's yeah. a good sleeper. You oh, know? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. She's not a morning person no, at all. Nor am I. So like Livy, bless her heart. She found sugar ants in her room. So she was trying to fix the problem herself and found I had gotten like this all natural bug repellent spray for your body. Mm -hmm. Well, she's like, I'm going to keep these bugs away with this stuff. So she sprays it all in her room. And I'm in now our rooms are at opposite ends of the house and I'm in my bathroom getting ready. And all of a sudden I smell this like strong citronella odor. Like Liv, what is that smell? And she's like, well, (laughs) I sprayed all the spray to get rid of the sugar ants. My entire house (laughs) smells like a campsite now. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, but she like sprayed it on the floor thinking that's what you do. And so now there's like oily footprints all on my wood floors in her room and my hallway. And I've mopped and scrubbed like three times and I still can't get rid of them. Did it it get rid of the the ants? I don't even know. Her room is like a little trash can. I don't know. The ants are like, don't go in there. It's probably so. Steer clear from this. Go to the house next door. Look, the hamster's still alive. So that's a win. But she's been sleeping on the couch. So she's been easier to wake up since she's been on the couch these last couple nights oh my god because her room is just too potent <laughs> yes 
She's um, like, it's giving me a headache, mama. <laughs> probably so. Well, your dad brought those eggs over today and I'm so proud of little Betty <laughs> and her little eggs. Did you see her little eggs? I did. No, see y'all. Little Betty is... What kind of chicken is she? I don't even know what kind she she's is. She's tiny. Like a little Sarama or something. She's this little bitty thing. She looks like a raven. Yeah. So she was Casey's chicken. And then when Casey, she was like the only chicken left. I, I was able to when take her, her. Hurricane Delta came through yeah. and killed all my chickens. Yeah. And I thought I thought they all had died. And I look up and there's Betty underneath my garage yeah. saying, well, I need a new a new chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And so I actually took Betty. I walked. Betty came up to me and let me pick her up and was super sweet. And I let her sleep inside for a couple <laughs> nights. And my husband's like, Casey, she needs like other chickens. Like we can't be her chicken. <laughs> Unfortunately. And so I called Sarah. I said, Sarah, will you please take Betty? She's just, she is the sweetest little thing. She really is. And so I have an outcast chicken that my (laughs) other, my other chickens don't like. They peck at her and they were going to kill her. So I had to separate her. So Betty made the perfect little companion for this chicken. And Betty is so small. She lays the smallest little, they look like, we call them fairy eggs. They're They're little bitty eggs. And yeah, so my dad brought you a whole bunch and you, so there were little eggs in Uh there too. He said, this is Betty's. No, no, the cute. Cutest thing was Betty was uh she was what they call it brooding broody yeah like she wanted some babies oh, y'all yeah. but she didn't have access to no roosters so yeah. Sarah bought her two baby chickens and so, put them underneath her so my friend had some extra chicks that she accidentally hatched and so I was like I'll take them and so we just kind of like snuck them in underneath her and she took to being a mama her, well, her Sarah, and the other chicken Sarah opens the little thing where I can see her and like Betty's all puffed out and I see it's two little. <laughs> Two little heads pop out. They pop out from underneath her wings, and it's the cutest little thing. It really is. And <laughs> she's so like, I'm like, Betty, you so know cute. me. We're friends, Betty. But she did let me hold her baby. Yes. I did, but I was stressing her out. But. <laughs> So back to business here. So, okay. So we're covering the list murders. I watched, there's not a whole, there's a lot of news articles out there, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of documentaries that can kind of sum it up for us because right. it's been a busy week. Didn't have a lot of time to research it. So I found Your Worst Nightmare season two, episode two called Murder House on Discovery Plus or Investigation Discovery. I did watch it. Now that you say the title, I did watch it. Did you watch Forensic Files? I did because that's okay. the one I found first. Yeah. That's when I tell texted you saying like holy cow it's so graphic okay because, i didn't watch that one okay because they showed like the, the, the bodies scenes? they showed the actual crime scene footage like the photos and stuff and okay. they showed the bodies show their faces okay so which speak leery watching yeah forensic so files. The, now this was i guess this was like back in 1996 the forensic files so, yeah. episode this yeah. was like the very first season i think so they were like i don't know if they had different regulations back yeah. then because like, apparently no, ended you up don't have TV. to blur it out just go on and show their face <laughs> yeah their decomposed body it's yeah, fine I don't, but i don't know if they redid it for because it's on the app now what what was it discovery plus okay that's what like it was that? on maybe maybe it was amazon so we'll dive into it so we are in an affluent city called westfield new jersey and it's located just outside of New York City. It's September 1979, and the List family lives in what would be considered a mansion in Westfield. 16-year-old Patricia, or she went by Patty, is given the task of preparing dinner. She really has kind of taken over the role of the mother figure. You said you did watch this one? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because they had a lot of the reenactments. Yeah. The woman that plays the mom in this reenactment, 
I think she thought she was going to be, I don't know how like the Oscars work. <laughs> I think she thought this was going to be the performance of her lifetime. Yeah. She was giving it her all. She was like, she was giving it her all. And then she was slightly missing at it. <laughs> right. <laughs> then know? we see why she's an actor as in a reenactment. Yeah. Yeah. Bless it. So Patty was an attractive and popular teenager and she did well in school. And then we meet uh, the guy playing her father. Uh, his name is John List, and he was just described as... John List was not a barrel of laughs as a father. He's the kind of father you'd describe as strict and dour. He uh, had lived a life as a devout Lutheran, a very uh, regular churchgoer, a bit old-fashioned in his religion. He was an accountant, and he didn't really speak that much, which as an accountant myself, that reigns pretty true. <laughs> um, along with Patty, John and his wife Helen had two other children they had john jr and frederick and so my assumption would be that they were younger than patty so they had to be mm -hmm. like 16 14 i'm not sure their exact ages mm -hmm. but they were under age 16 john was married to helen and in the documentary i watched they were like helen and john list have been unhappily married for 20 years things were not particularly rosy between John and his wife Helen. He wasn't lying because Helen was described as just this very domineering woman and she was mean and she had a drinking problem but she didn't hide it very well. She was also mean to the children from what I understand right. too. She was just a mean aggressive person and very blunt. This And this is where I, we kind of I don't know why they t I kind of know why they tell us this but I don't. They tell us that this is Helen's second marriage and that um, her first husband was a war vet. He was in Korea and she respected him and he was a, a manly man. And then there's Podunk John, who is not a manly man, according to her. I'm mm -hmm. not saying what's manly or not, but just that the differences between her first husband and John were dramatic. And she always pointed that out. Mm -hmm. But don't you want like what happened to her first? husband? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. They like, don't if you say it, if you liked all of his qualities so much, why are you still with him? Exactly. So I, I don't understand that. They don't dive into it. And then his uh, John List mother, who she was 84. Her name was Alma. She lived on the third floor of their family home. And it's she had a pretty sad experience existence because she pretty much just stayed in her room. Mm -hmm. She was the daughter of a German immigrant I'm assuming she had an accent because what we've shown, the woman has an accent. But they basically bring her up her food and that's, that's it. it. They don't sit and visit with her. Mm -mm. She's just up there all by her little lonesome self. So Yeah, this is way back in the day. This is like, there's right. no internet. So right. So she, just, she is like alone. She's like looking out the window, praying for Jesus to mm -hmm. come. So on the outside, the list home appeared to be a picture perfect home. But on the inside, it was anything but joyful. John and Helen's marriage just continued to deteriorate. And as it does, Patty List does everything she can to escape the constant fighting. Like she got involved in acting. She loved to act. But of course, her dad, John, who's super religious, was like, you know, as if you become an actor, that's going to take you away from God, etc, etc. So John's deeply held beliefs stopped him from filing for, for divorce from Helen because he just didn't believe in that. It was a sin. And so he decided to just distract himself by becoming a workaholic. But the problem is he worked at a bank and the job that he had required that he have actual people skills <laughs> and most of us accountants like y'all think i'm super friendly and i'm super friendly to people i know and i'm super friendly to this microphone <laughs> but like if you see me in walmart and i i like look at you from the, my side eye but i don't talk to you don't take it personal that's just how i am i'm like i'm not i'm an extroverted introvert if that mm -hmm. makes sense and i mean the idea of sitting in a cubicle for eight hours a day just listening to podcasts and nobody bothering me that's just the dream to me <laughs> customer service ugh. 
So John being a typical cool accountant and a typical cuckoo bird he got fired from his job because he just didn't have the people skills to do what needed to be done to to be successful at it and so he's awarded a severance package but john is all about his image Mm -hmm. and so when he's fired from this job he doesn't tell anybody he continues to get up every morning and put a suit on and leave and go apply for jobs and he comes home around the same time every day and he just worries that by by losing his job his family was going to be thwarted into poverty he was out of a job and uh was very worried about the the finances very worried that his children and his wife would be in poverty and everybody's scared of being broke and being poor but he took it that extra step that being broke and poor would be sin he felt ashamed because as a man especially in the 1970s his job was to provide for his family so if it couldn't get any worse helen his wife starts just having these complete mental breakdowns and we find out that her first husband had gotten syphilis and gave it to her when he was in korea i forgot about that yes right and syphilis is something that if you find it really early on it's easily curable with penicillin mm-hmm. if you don't though it affects the brain makes and you go crazy makes you go cuckoo yeah oh yes man. and that makes you wonder okay so she got syphilis from husband number one like so she had it before they met but they said he didn't have it yeah so i don't know how that works i might need I mean, to check with some of our medical they people had three kids together right those were all yeah, their so clearly kids, there right? were some there was, it was some at least three at least three times <laughs> least three she times. let him you know tap it but um <laughs> I don't know. That is weird. I don't know if it's because it wouldn't like the dormant? kids have it or I don't know. Well, I, well, they did mention it could be dormant, but I don't understand STDs enough to say like if it, it's dormant, okay. you won't get it. Maybe it was dormant at the very beginning. And then when she started going crazy, that's when it, it like triggered. But and, by then they hated each other. Yeah, so they, they weren't, they weren't you know, doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was making fun of how small his wiener yeah. was. You remember yeah. that? Like, don't do that's that, ladies. Nice. They call it a boyfriend wiener. That's what they call it. <laughs> that's what they call it. I'd never heard of that. And I heard it and I was like, what? Wait, what? Meaning like, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it'll do. Because it's your boyfriend and you love him. And that is not a representation of anything in my life. I'm just saying I heard that expression once. This is going terribly sideways. Yeah, if this, if you were a good Christian woman, I apologize. I might edit that out. Um, Don't you dare. It's so good. I'm sorry. That went sideways quick. But she did in the, in the things. She was making fun of it. And I was like, she are really we really was. going there? <laughs> like, But the way she was making fun of it was just... It, she it was, was so ugly much. to it him. Was over the top. And you wonder if that's how she really was. Or again, is this this overly dramatic actress? I like, think it's the actress. Yeah. She's like, somebody's going to see me in this yeah. and cast me in their next big role. <laughs> so let me just use my fingers to... <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he's... John's dealing with a lot of things. He's dealing with not having a job. The bank's foreclosing on his home, on his on his cars. He's not providing for his family. He believes that daughter number one is not is going into acting, so she's going to be a sinner. And you got to remember, religion's number one to him. Right. And then you got his his wife, who she basically tells him, "I don't think I believe in God. I don't want to go to church anymore." So that sets him off. Mm-hmm. So he's just got so much going on, and the fa- uh, the family they're financials were becoming so dire that they didn't even know if they were going to be able to afford their electricity bill. That's just how bad it was. His financial situation was dire. His mother had helped support him, but there was really no money left. So by November of 1971, the list defaulted on their mortgage, and that almost was the thing that 
totally shook John's faith. John's image, like I said, was so important to him and his wife refusing to go to church moved just to a breaking point. He Mm -hmm. just snapped. So it's the morning of November 9th. 1971. The three list children get up and they go to school. And John says, I love you. Have a great day. And then he turns around and he goes in the kitchen. On November 9th, 1971, John List shot his wife in the head. This is a crazy thing to do. This is an evil thing to do. But it had in his kind of bloodless imagination a kind of logic to it. If I were only rid of all of this, I would be free. Right after she dies, there's a knock on the door and a young boy had stopped by because he was collecting payment for delivering his newspapers. And thankfully, John didn't shoot him. He paid him. But he told him, he said, look, we won't need the paper for the next month because his wife's mother's ill and he's taking the family to North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So so you don't, after this, just quit sending us papers. He then goes upstairs to his, his mother's room. Now, his own mother. Now, by all accounts, by what I saw, she was a good mom. I mean, she wasn't abusive. She wasn't, I don't. Didn't they say she was kind of domineering though? Yeah. I mean, you definitely get that. You get that impression from her from yeah. the documentary. But I don't, like, she wasn't She hateful. doesn't seem like she was like the, the, the mean, you know, mother-in-law right. kind of person. From, yeah. At least from the. From what we yeah. saw. So he goes up there and um, he sticks a gun to her head and shoots her too. And mm-hmm. his reasoning for that was, you know, because of her old age, the shock of finding out what he's doing would have been too much for her. And he wanted to rid that. That mm-hmm. from her how kind of him so then he runs into town and he goes and pulls money out of his mom's bank account his mother that he just killed and he comes home and he eats a sandwich and he waits now he's fixing his sandwich in the same kitchen that he just shot and killed his wife who is still on the floor mind you you think maybe he'd have went through subway or something <laughs> you know what i mean like just yeah. like if ever a time <laughs> You yeah, might want to get time some. to eat out. This it's when you're not it. stepping over your dead wife, you know. <laughs> Ugh, he's awful. This to me is the one that I, I just don't. You know, I, know. I, I can't say I can understand his wife because she was terrible. But it's one thing to for for people to shoot and kill. I would never shoot and kill. Period. But it's one thing, you know, a spouse or I don't understand the mother thing. I don't understand any of it. But like your children, your children who are innocent, in all of this who. They didn't ask for any of this. I mean, I don't, I just don't understand it. First to come home were his two boys, John Jr. and Frederick. They walk in and one by one, he kills both of them, shoots them. But didn't one of them put up a fight? Yeah. More, I don't know which one it I was. Think, I think it was the older boy. Yeah. He put up a fight and I think he shot him more because yeah. he wouldn't, he said he wouldn't die. Right. Was that from Forensic Files? Possibly. Okay. Because I didn't see that. Yeah. Mine mine just was gut-wrenching because you can hear them saying, Dad, no, please, yeah. no, and all that I stuff. And I mean, to me, they're probably presuming that's what was said because nobody was yeah, there. Yeah, I but, mean, yeah. Yeah, so now he's done killed his wife, his mother, and his two sons. One by one, he placed his wife, his two boys in, in their ballroom. That's how big this house was. It had yeah, a ballroom. Yeah, it had a ballroom. And then finally... Patty comes home and she walks in and just like the others, he shot and killed her, his 16 year old daughter. So at this point he has annihilated his whole family in six hours. Mm -hmm. And John took the steps to contact Patty's drama club to tell them that she wouldn't be making work making it to rehearsals he called the kids school to let them know that they'd be out for a bit i mean he really planned and thought of everything in this Mm -hmm. he so that it would give him time to escape right after a while though 
the neighbors started to grow concerned, friends grew concerned. And so the police were contacted by the neighbors to provide a health, what is it called? A A welfare check. Yeah. Yeah. And the police get to the list house. They open the door and immediately are just struck by the stench of death. You could smell decaying bodies. The house was freezing. The temperature had been set at 50 degrees. There was musical, classical music playing, really, and every light in the house was on. So police make their way through, and in the ballroom, they find the bodies wrapped up in four separate sleeping bags, his wife and his three children. Yeah, but his mother is still upstairs because she was too heavy to move. I know, like, add add injury. You know what I mean? It ain't enough you killed her, John. You gonna write in a letter that she was too big to move? (laughs) Just say, I chose to keep her up there. That's all you got to do. <laughs> My God. No, she was just too heavy. Big wimp. You know, Helen was right. He was a wimp. <laughs> Investigators found a detailed letter addressed to a pastor, Ray Winkle. The police are like, well, should we give it to him? And they're like, no, stupid. No. There's four dead bodies. Open it. <laughs> and John had detailed everything. Dear Pastor Ray Winkle, I'm sorry to add this additional burden to your work. I know that what has been done is wrong. From all that I have been taught, and that any reasons that I I might give will not make it right. I wasn't earning anywhere near enough to support us. Everything I tried seemed to fall to pieces. True, we could have gone bankrupt, and maybe gone on welfare. But knowing the type of environment for the children, plus the effect on them knowing they were on welfare, was just more than I thought they could and should endure. What are you reading, Patricia? With Helen not going to church, I knew that this would harm the children eventually. And with Patty being so determined to get into acting, I was also fearful as to what that might do to her continuing to be a Christian. This makes me think that perhaps it was for the best as far as the children's souls are concerned. If they were no longer Christians, what would be gained? Of course, Mother got involved because doing what I did to my family would have been a tremendous shock to her at this age. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Therefore, I felt it best that she should be relieved of the troubles of this world. I'm sure many will say, how could anyone do such a horrible thing? My only answer is, it isn't easy. What's actually in the letter is detailed in the show. It gave the reasons why he killed them. He said that he felt his children would be better off dead than to continue down the road that they were on, basically. And he killed his mother, like I said, to relieve her of the troubles of this world. And the date, the letter was dated 11-9-71. Like he killed them because he felt like they were going down roads that would have led them away from God. Mm -hmm. So he saved them. That's, That's what he's saying. Yeah. He believed that he saved them. Like I said, the letter was dated 11971 and which meant that they were in there for one month. That gave him one month yep. to sneak off and to start a new life. Yeah. So he's got a head like a one month head start yeah. on the cops. I mean, but we know who we know who the the who, the the right. why. We just don't know where the hell he is. And right. so he takes off, he vanishes and months turn into years and there's no sign of John List and the John List story is published in popular tabloids and on a popular TV show. You think it was America's Most Wanted? Yeah, it was. They did, did they say it? Did they name mm-hmm. it? It had to be. Okay. Yeah, because the what's his name? John Walsh? He was... On, oh, yeah. Okay, so he was interviewed on the Forensic Files episode. Because um, in the show, my show, they're like, it was a very popular... Can we name it? <laughs> you know, there's yeah, a lot of popular was, ones around that time. definitely that one. 
So on May 22nd, 1989, it's 18 years later, and the FBI receives a tip. A woman tells them that um, John List lives at such and such address in Richmond, Virginia, and he goes by the name of Robert Clark. And so I guess she had seen him did, okay, on the so show. Did they tell in the, that documentary, did they say what America's Most Wanted did? No. Okay. So let you me fill you tell. in on that. What they did was they got this artist who I guess had he'd done this before, but they made a sculpture. They did an age progression of like a a psychological profile on John List and used that information to figure out what he would look like at that time. So 18 years later, he's obviously 18 years older. So they're like, okay, well, according to his personality, what we know, maybe he would wear these kind of glasses. How does the scar that he had by his ear, how does that age 18 years as well? So they really went into detail and created this sculpture of what 18 years later he would look like and Girl, can you imagine seeing that and then you're like so the neighbors neighbor. yeah so the neighbors see this and like oh my god that's him that's how they knew that it die. was their neighbor i would die i know i really would oh so he it gets tipped off and you know and on my side of it they the fbi they go to richmond virginia he basically went on to create another life for himself not a whole lot more successful than he was before no new children as a result of the marriage and no further homicides, but uh, continued to live and do what he deprived his uh, children and family of being able to do. Turns out that John List had gotten a new name, a new social security card. He was working at a bank. He got remarried. He was the same person. He was attending a Lutheran church. The only difference was he didn't have any children with his new wife. Mm-hmm. I, it just blows my mind that he was able to get away with it I for know, so long. I know. I mean, it's just insane. So, and of course, he's like, I don't know. Who is this John List that you're speaking of? You know, in April of 1990, John List stood trial for the murders of his wife, three children, and his 84 year old mother. John was described as completely emotionless. He was like a robot. He showed zero remorse. Mm-hmm. And his defense was that he was insane, basically. It was an insanity defense. But the judge, the jury, no one believed it. Mm-hmm. They were like, that's such nonsense. And the judge calls him every name under the book. When faced with a sick wife and one that probably became extremely difficult to live with, he found death to be a more plausible alternative to divorce because he is a man without honor. His acts stand as a permanent, pathetic, and profane example of selfishness, horror, and evil. In the end, the only rationalization he gave for these murders is he was doing them a favor by by, um, letting them die in a state of grace. I asked him the obvious question, well, why didn't you kill yourself? And he gave me the answer, well, suicide is a sin. Go figure. The craziest thing to me was one of the officers asked him, like, well, why don't you commit suicide along next to him? And he's like, mm-hmm. well, well, that's the scene. Yes. It's like, oh, was that so not, Was that not the stupidest response he could have had? Just say you were a very selfish individual yes. who uh, who likes yourself way too and much. And a coward. You're a narcissist. You know? My goodness. Yeah. That's a sin. And Please. from what we know, he did not kill after that. We mm-hmm. They said that he he did. He just, he just, he annihilated his family. Yeah, he's a family annihilator. Yeah. And so on April 12th, 1990, he was sentenced to five life sentences, but he died after 18 years in prison. So mm-hmm. it's just ironic that he had 18 years to live free. And then after 18 years in yeah. prison, he died. That one really was a crazy one. I like family annihilators. I just don't. 
Like I, I don't know if we'll ever cover say like the Chris Watts story mm-hmm. with those babies because yeah, I've heard that one's so disturbing. I've heard details of the kids, and I'm just like, how could you do that to know. a baby? I don't understand it. They're so innocent. But speaking speaking of babies, and this is kind of a different topic. I um shared a story, uh, not a story, but it's called Noah's Law mm-hmm. on the Facebook page, and I just want to explain to everybody. So Mikhail is cousins with my sister in law, oh. and her mom and dad. They've visited Louisiana a bunch of times. My parents love them to death. But Mikhail and her boyfriend and their baby, their 18-month-old baby, bring, they, they live in Canada because my sister-in-law's from Canada. Ten days after moving into this place, uh, the boyfriend came home. His name was Cody, of all things. Cody came home and they were missing. I don't know how they they were recovered and I'm not, I don't want to deep dive into any details cause it's very disturbing, but they were both murdered. Mm-hmm. Mikhail and Noah. And turns out um, their neighbor has a long list of just disturbing charges. There's in, I don't know if there's no type of how we down here have like a, a registry. You have to like mm-hmm. let people know, Hey, a, dang- yeah. a dangerous person is moving in by you. I don't know if they don't have that in Canada or or what, but they're really they're really moving to to try and get this so that people can be made aware that a dangerous person lives nearby. Mm-hmm. And so they can be prepared or make decisions like I don't want to live here or don't let this person into your home. So if y'all get an opportunity and want to check out the page, I shared it because that's something like I said, it's very close to our hearts. And yeah. um, one of the one of the most loveliest families you will you will ever meet. And so I when I found out about that, it was, I mean, I was devastated for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if ever. It's it, such a sad thing to happen. Goodness. To lose your daughter and oh, your grandson. No. 18 months old. I mean, like, what pisses me off is I'm like, that 18 month old wouldn't have been a witness. I know. You know what I'm, you could have just. That's a baby. Just let it, just go bring him to a Walmart or something. I mean, I don't understand it. Like, quit. We've, we've had so many things happen here in Louisiana to children. And here in Central, there was a mm-hmm. case where a guy killed his girlfriend and y'all dropped their two-year-old little boy off of a bridge, not far from, it, it's in Central. Yeah. And they say when the little boy fell, he was alive he was and he alive. ended up passing away. They, from like exposure, huh? Yes, because it was freezing that yeah. night. And I'm like, I'm so sick of hearing these stories about these children. I mean, like, do better, Baton Rouge. Oh, like, no. do stop this nonsense. It just makes me so angry because these kids are innocent they didn't ask for this the latest thing now is that stupid woman and her the grandmother made oh was it a two-year-old y'all this is in baton rouge y'all this is this horrible horrible. woman made her four-year-old drink a whole thing of whiskey and she died Mm -hmm. while the mom watched yeah they just watched her and i i don't i don't i just can't i'm do y'all not do y'all not i don't understand what goes through a person's head you cannot possibly be well to, no to, to do something like that no i'm like oh sorry to bring all that up but i just want to explain the noah's law thing and and if you're from louisiana y'all we uh, they just gotta do better in downtown baton rouge it's i mean i'm so sick of hearing about these babies oh, no. being killed it's disgusting you know I, I just it's so it's a crazy world we're living in so where else can i rant but on <laughs> on here about this dumbass town that's got babies dying and i don't understand it so um you also had an announcement with java mama which soon will be oh the house we're rebranding breaking away from the java mama brand and doing our own thing so so it's been a busy couple weeks explain to me this so is it still the java mama concept or is it more gonna be like like a like a 
lunch sit down and then you, there's a small play area where the kids can go and play it's so you can come in and definitely and like food focused for parents and it's just we're very accommodating for kids so we'll still have our play area yeah you come play in well we even like took part of the playroom and made it a dining area which so. the playroom is the one next to you have like that little small room that's like our little party room no okay. i'm talking about like the play area that we enclose with glass okay so, so y'all going to take a part of that? We did. We took a part of that and like half of it's like lounge dining and oh. the other half is like your play area. So, Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So just because y'all see it change, it is still under the same management. Mm-hmm. It's just they're doing their own thing. Yep. And please continue to go there and support your local business. I had some fish tacos earlier. They were really good. I saw someone on Facebook said that they tasted it and it was delicious. I would put those tacos up against any taco in Baton Rouge. I need to They're so good. I'm not a fish person. But Normally I'm not either, but these are really what good. What kind of fish is it? Uh flounder. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Really good. Those Hawaiian boys, they I just know. figured it all out. Josh and David just come up with the best stuff. So what do you, what do y'all have like what's the ETA for like when the sign's going to change? I mean, it's all uh, happening. The signage is really that's we just have to wait on the artist to to get that yeah. done basically. So that's probably going to be a couple weeks, but we're going ahead with like all the other things like now. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, that's exciting. It I is exciting. It. We yeah. even have our liquor license coming, so we'll Y'all be got it. Well, we've we've we're in the process with the Baton Rouge like to get it. It's yeah. just such a whole ordeal. So y'all serve to mimosas. Do. And mimosas stuff. and bloody marys. So we all be doing brunches on the mm-hmm. weekends? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, yep. y'all stay tuned for that. So, do you have any idea what you what we want to talk about next week? Or um, you sent me something. What was it? You said we need Wait, to cover this. It wasn't like a murder. Was it like a whistleblower type thing? It's okay. So it's a a new documentary coming on to Netflix. I think it's there now called Meltdown Three Mile Island. Oh, did you not watch the the little thing I sent you? I did, but I forgot. Okay, well, that's what it is. We're gonna we're gonna figure that one out and then let y'all okay. know. Because is, is that a multi multi episode or is it just one one? Because no. the Hulu's got some good ones coming out too. They've got one called Sasquatch. It's a true crime documentary where people are getting murdered in this part of, and they want to blame what? it on Sasquatch. Yeah, there's a couple Wait, of them that are coming blame out. Blame it on Sasquatch, like Bigfoot. Yeah, there's. It was, I saw Bigfoot. <laughs> he has a twenty two and he shot him. It's like, okay, uh, well, no, he didn't. We're gonna do one of those, either Bigfoot or Three Mile Island. So okay. we'll we'll figure we'll figure we'll surprise y'all next week. So, well, that was fun and very depressing at the yeah. same time. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, I mean, but you're listening to a true crime podcast, so kind of get what you get. Yeah, sorry about the route, the the profane, the rowdiness this this <laughs> time. I don't even know why we went there. We got dragged there. Thanks, Helen. Um, okay, well, we will see y'all next week. Bye, guys. Bye.